This morning we'd like to talk about a, a man after God's own heart. And uh, David was said to have been a man after God's own heart. Uh, you know, um, the, uh, uh, Saul was the first king of uh, Israel. He was appointed the first king. Saul was also a man who was, who was uh, 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 he was a little bit meek and, uh, and uh, uh, shy. But after he became king, he did several things wrong, and uh, God had to remove him. In fact, on this occasion, he offered his own sacrifice. Samuel, he waited for Samuel for a while, but somehow Samuel was delayed, and so he made the sacrifice himself. Well, that was unlawful. He, he, was, not a, he was not a Levite. He was not of the, of the uh, tribe or lineage of Aaron. So it was unlawful for him to make a sacrifice like that. And so Samuel at this time told him, you have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandments of the Lord our God, your God, which he commanded you. For now the Lord, who, have, who would have established your kingdom over Israel forever, but now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart, and the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people, because you have not kept uh, what the Lord commanded you. Now, later, uh, Paul talks about David, he, he's, he's in Antioch and he talks about David and actually about the, um, uh, you know, the history of Israel, kind of like uh, uh, Stephen did in Acts 7. But uh, he comes to this point and he says, after he had removed him, that is Saul, he raised up for them David as king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do my will. From this man's seed, according to the promise, God raised up for Israel a Savior, Jesus. Now, our purpose for uh, our lesson, our, our intent, uh, is to uh, point out the things that David did which qualified him as a man after God's own heart. And also of Jesus, because there are many similar characteristics. But that's a great compliment, to be called a man after God's own heart. That's what we all want to be. And so what we will do is point out the things David does and the similarities of, of Jesus and really point out that we should have that kind of quality too. Now, David loved the word of God. Psalms 119 and 97. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. All of uh, Psalms 119 is, talks about the word and how, how, uh, how David is uh, thrilled and delighted with the, with the word. Later on he says, I will delight myself in your commandments, which I love. My hands also I will lift up to your commandments, which I love. I will meditate on your statutes. In Psalms 119 and 11, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Now that's how David would keep from sin. Really, you know, it's evident in the history of David that when he left the God's commandments was when he got into trouble. As long as he clung to uh, the commandments of God, uh, he was uh, successful. Psalms 119 and 50, this is my comfort in my affliction, for your word has given me life. Psalms 119 and 165, great peace have those who love your law, and nothing causes them to stumble. Well, Jesus also loved the word. 
in his temptation. This is a real example of, uh, of his uh, loving the law, loving the law and always resorting to the law. When Jesus was tempted by the devil after he had fasted for 40 days, it says he was hungered. And so the devil tempted him and said, command these stones to be made bread. And Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He was uh, 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 strong enough to resist the devil, but the word gave him strength and guidance because it's written, you don't live by just bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The devil also tempted him and uh, took him to a high place. And he said, cast yourself down because it's written. He shall give his angels charge concerning you unless you dash your foot against the stone. But Jesus said, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again, the devil took him uh, and showed him all of the uh, uh, nations of the world and said, all this will I give you if you fall down and worship me. And Jesus commanded him to get away. Get away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. And we see, uh, obviously, that Jesus uh, always uh, resorted to the word and had the word as his guide Went during temptation and trials such as these and... Um, Certainly, we could take a, an example uh, from these. This is a quality of a man after God's own heart who holds to the, the teachings of God and the commandments of God and lets them guide him. And uh, it, uh, it guides him in, in, in temptations. Uh, 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 David had it meditated on his heart all the time. And also in times of affliction, as Jesus was uh, afflicted with trials, when we're troubled and tried, uh, we resort to the word, resort to the word, and that will give us strength and guidance whenever we're uh, trialed. Jesus again used the word to fight temptation and guide him in truth and defend him against false worship. Uh, we could all take a lesson from that and uh, let the word guide us in everything we do in worship and in life. And a man after God's own heart will use the word for all of these benefits. The, uh, the psalmist, Psalms uh, one, and 1 through 3, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinner, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of God, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that uh, brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. David also loved to pray. He says in Psalms uh, 116 and 1 and 2, I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplications, because he has inclined his ear to me, Therefore, I will call upon him as long as I live. 116, 12 through 13. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits towards me? I will take up the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. David recognized that in the Lord was, was all the benefits. In the Lord was, uh, and it was wonderful to have the ear of the Lord because that's where he received his salvation. 
145 and 18 through 19. The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desires of those who fear him. He will also hear their cries and save them. Jesus also uh, was a man of prayer. Uh, I had not really noticed this uh, scripture before, but uh, Luke 5 and 16, so he, withdrew, so he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Jesus did, uh, tried to get away from the crowds during his ministry and he would go to a, 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 a secluded place or a high place away from the crowd so that he could meditate and pray. <clears throat> Luke 11 and one, now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased that one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. This is when Jesus gave them what, what they refer to as the Lord's Prayer. It was really the disciples' prayer because he gave them that prayer as an example and taught his disciples how to pray. Also, this verse here, Luke 18 and uh, 1 through 5, here Jesus teaches us a, a, an important uh, um, aspect of our prayer. We should continually come to God in prayer, often. And uh, he says uh, to them this parable uh, about men ought to always pray and not lose heart. You know, sometimes it's hard to see God's answers. And sometimes we just need to continue to petition God for our needs and, and uh, also with thanksgiving. He says here that if there's a certain, uh, in a certain city, uh, a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, Get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, Though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Now this is not comparing God to an unjust judge, though in a sense it is. God is just. Uh, but this was just a man. If we could convince uh, a, a man who doesn't regard God or doesn't regard man to, to help us by our continually coming and continually petitioning him, certainly God would, who loves us, help us and in our time of need and answer our prayer. Jesus often resorted to prayer. And in the garden, we know that in Jesus prayed so earnestly in the garden uh, before his uh, crucifixion. Uh, that's, a, that's a terrible scene. But uh, Jesus, uh, three times he took his disciples with him to, to watch for him while he went apart and, and prayed. And he prayed so earnestly. And of course, he knew what was ahead. Uh, but he, he prayed to God for comfort or for strength or if there was any other way. And uh, it says that uh, sweat as great drops of blood fell from his uh, brow. So he, there's an example of earnest and, and uh, 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 deep, I guess, uh, prayer to God in times of uh, trial. On the cross, Jesus uh, uh, called to God several times. Luke 23 and 34, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Later on, as Jesus was, uh, was suffering on the cross, so, and God blacked the sky with clouds, 
uh, he felt uh, he left he felt alone and he cried out with a loud voice saying Eli Eli lama sabachthani that is my God my God why have you forsaken me and then when he died just before he died he called out father into the your hands I commit my spirit so at Jesus's most uh, troubled time he called to God several times you know we can do that at any time we can we can speak to God because God we know that God hears our prayers uh, Philippians 4 and 6 be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through uh, Jesus Christ 1 Thessalonians 5 and 17, pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. David certainly found peace and, uh, and uh, comfort in prayer, and he prayed, he said, continually. Proverbs 20, uh, 32 and 5, I acknowledge my sin to you, and my iniquity I have not hidden. I said, I confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Selah. <clears throat> you know, uh, he says he confesses his sin. He, he, he doesn't hold back his sin from God. And in doing so, God forgives. He felt the forgiveness of God. He found comfort and forgiveness uh, of his sins. Selah is, means, uh, Clark says, this is all true. I know it, I feel it, I felt it. Uh, this is used oftentimes in the Hebrew, in the Psalms, and, and that's what it means. Then he says, for this cause, further in that verse, for this cause, everyone who is godly shall pray to you. For this cause, for the forgiveness for the comfort and the forgiveness that we receive from God through our prayers. For this cause, everyone who is godly shall pray to you in a time when you may be found. Surely in a flood of great waters. In a time when you may be found, that means not that God has a schedule. Then there are times when he can be found. Uh, you know, that kind of makes me think about... Uh, uh, Frank recently talked about Elijah... And his, and his competition or his, his, uh, his uh, challenge to the prophets of Baal, he says, you pray to Baal and I'll pray to God and whoever uh, brings fire upon his own sacrifice, that is the true God. And they prayed all day long, did all kinds of things, cut themselves and, and uh, uh, as was their custom to try to get Baal to hear them. And Elijah chided them, he says, Call louder. Maybe he's asleep or maybe he's on a journey or, you know, thing is, uh, he was just mocking them. But God isn't like that. God hears us when we come to him with a contrite and honest heart. When we confess our sins, don't hide them from God. They're not hidden from God anyway, but confess them. That's when he will be found. Surely in a flood of great waters. Others think this has to do with the flood. Uh, surely in a flood of great waters, they shall not come near him. That is, the, the sinners at the time of the flood were destroyed, by the, but the righteous were saved. But uh, Clark says this, and I think this is uh, fit, more fitting. Uh, 
The flood of great waters is the challenges of the righteous. And uh, the temptations or trials of life, they won't bother us if we go to God with a contrite and uh, uh, honest, open heart. You are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with the songs of deliverance. Hebrews 4 and 16, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may uh, obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. A man of God's own, a man after God's own heart surely should be a man of prayer. David loved to praise God. He says in Psalms uh, 119, 164, seven times a day I praise you because of your righteous judgments. Psalms 95 and 1, oh come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. For the Lord is the great God and the great king above all gods. In his hands are the deep places of the earth. The heights of the hills are his own, his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Psalm 104. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have been. And of course, Jesus uh, loved to praise God too. When, uh, when uh, Jesus had the uh, rich young ruler come to him and ask him uh, for advice about obtaining the kingdom of heaven, he said, good teacher or good master, the King James says, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. Jesus recognized the uh, Almighty as first. And even Jesus, who certainly was worthy of a, of a good name and to be called good, but he taught a lesson here that God is the one to be praised and honored. Jesus, uh, John, in, in the latter part of John, just before Jesus' uh, trial and... and uh, and crucifixion goes at length and talks about Jesus's prayer and his, and Jesus's uh, uh, talking to God and to the and to the disciples. And here he says to in a, in a prayer, "I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me out of the world. They are yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you." For I have given to them the words which you have given me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came forth from you, and they have believed that you sent me. The point in this, uh, in this reading is that see how Jesus points to God. Everything he taught, he, he, he emphasized this is from God. I am from God. My teaching is from God. This is from God. And even... In his prayer, he emphasizes to God that they know 
that you have sent me, and the words I have given them are from you. Here Jesus says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their words, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me, and the glory which you gave me I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have, have loved them as you have loved me. This is a quote from uh, Barnes' commentary, and I thought it was very uh, well put. Uh, he says here, we value the prayers of our pious friends. How much more should we value this petition of the Son of God? To that single prayer, we who are Christians owe infinitely more uh, real benefit than the world can ever bestow. And in the midst of any trial, that we, uh, we may remember that the Son of God prayed for us and that the prayer was assuredly heard and will be answered in reference to all who truly believe. Uh, I thought that was such a good quote. Um, and the point uh, is, really, uh, Jesus prayed for all who would come after, who would believe. And uh, so all were included in this prayer. We need to love to praise God. Uh, do we love to praise him? Do we love to come to the assembly and praise him? Or do we praise him throughout our week uh, at home with our uh, children? Or, uh, and uh, in our work, do we show by our conduct that we love and praise God? And, 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 and through our conduct, is God glorified and praised? Psalms 147 and 1, praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God, for it is pleasant, and praise is beautiful. A man after God's own heart will love to praise him. David loved unity among uh, brethren. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. When... Uh, when David had finished uh, slaying Goliath, uh, and, and uh, after, after that, the armies of Israel were, uh, were strengthened. Uh, they, were, they were encouraged because now this Philistine was, was dead who had tormented them and had frightened them. Uh, and they, they did a, had a great victory over the Philistines. But when they came back, David was introduced to Saul. Here. And then when it says when, when he had finished, um, when he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. Uh, uh, Frank recently talked about how uh, Jonathan and David were such close friends. But, you know, the term soulmate has always kind of bothered me and thought it was kind of a, a psychological uh, a ploy or a, a term to find your soulmate. But here, in the scriptures, we find soulmates. Saul and Jonathan's souls were knit together, it says. 
The soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Saul took him that day and would not let him go home to his father's house anymore. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan took off the robe that was on him and gave it to David with his armor, even to his sword and his bow and his belt. Even though David, by the way, often had trouble, yet Jonathan was on his side, and Jonathan helped him even when there was trouble. But David loved the unity that he had with Jonathan. Jesus uh, also loved unity, and we also already noticed this, uh, this verse, seven, John 17, 22, And the glory which you gave me I have given them, that they may be one, just as we are one, <clears throat> and that the world, uh, uh, I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me, and have loved them as you have loved me. Ephesians 2 and 13. But now in, G in Christ Jesus, you who once were, a far, uh, were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. It's through Christ we're made one. As Christ is with God, they are one. We too, in him, are made one with Christ and with God. For he himself is our peace, who has made both one, and has broken down the middle wall of partition, having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of the commandments contained in ordinance, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. Now, we, we've been studying uh, recently uh, in, in Acts 10 about uh, the Gentiles being brought into uh, the, the fold of, of Christianity uh, because before they were separated, uh, the Jews and the Gentiles. But Paul says here, we're made one. We're made one. We're all made equal, Jews and Gentiles alike. He says later, bond and free, male and female, we're all one. In Christ. Christ has taken down the, the middle wall of partition or the thing that divided them. There was still some prejudices in the hearts of men, but not in the mind of God, because all who obeyed the gospel are children of God and members of the same body. What I mean by this, do we love unity enough to pay the price because it takes effort to have unity? It takes obedience. It takes uh, uh, a, 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 a focus to go the same direction, and we're guided that way through the word. Ephesians 4 and 1, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you are called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you are called in one hope of your calling. The calling of God makes us one. That is the calling of the gospel. This is Paul's plea that we would be one, but it takes work. We need to have a lowly and a gentle heart, patient, Bearing with one another in love. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. The unity of the Spirit, that's key. Because 
It is the Spirit that guides us through the Word. He says, Now I urge you, brethren, to note those who cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrines which you learned, and avoid them. Paul had trouble with, uh, with Judaizing teachers, following him wherever he would go. Uh, it uh, amazes me. I've always thought, don't they have anything else to do? Uh, but they would follow Paul, and they would cause division in the church by saying that the Gentile converts had to keep the law of Moses. And that if they didn't, they, they weren't Christians. But of course, that wasn't true. And uh, that was part of what happened to the, to the Galatians, who had, uh, Paul had to rebuke. And, and he said, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of God unto another gospel. They were being taught another gospel. They needed to hold to the one that they had taught, been taught. He says, which is not another, but there be some that would pervert the gospel. They taught something else than what they had received. So we need, to, we need to recognize men who teach other things and avoid them. Jesus said, greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you keep, if you do whatever I command you. We need to, uh, we need to do what Jesus commands. Keep his commandments. And if we do, we are his friends. David hated every false way. This is sort of akin to the last one. Because uh, David, David expresses that his, his, uh, his hate for every false way. Through your precepts I get understanding. Therefore I hate every false way. The false way is aside from the precepts of God. Through God's precepts, David says, I get understanding, therefore, I hate every false way. I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. I hate the work of those who fall away. I shall not cling, it shall not cling to me. A perverse heart shall depart from me. I will not know wickedness. My eyes shall be on the faithful of the land. They shall... Uh, that they may dwell with me. He who walks in a perfect way, he shall serve, uh, serve me. He who works deceit shall not dwell in, with, within my house. He who tells lies shall not continue in my presence. That was David's attitude towards the false way. And Jesus, too, hated every false way. Remember when Jesus uh, went to the uh, temple of God and he saw the money changers, tables out in front, who were, who were uh, selling uh, uh, sacrifices, doves, and, and, you know, whatever other things the people needed to do their uh, sacrifices, and they were extorting the people. And Jesus overturned the tables. Then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Jesus uh, rebuked the, uh, the Pharisees and the scribes, uh, the lawyers, in a, in a, in a lengthy reading, but it, it, let's read it because it really, uh, it really emphasizes 
Jesus' attitude towards the, uh, towards the wicked. We're going to read through uh, verse 20, 36, uh, 13 through 36. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for you neither go in yourselves, nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayers, therefore you will receive the greater condemnation. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you travel land and sea to win one proselyte, and when he is one, you make him twice as much a son of hell as yourselves. Woe to you blind guides who say whoever swears by the temple it is nothing, but whoever swears by the gold of the temple he is obliged to perform it. Fools, blind, for which is greater, the gold or the temple that sanctifies the gold? And whoever wears, swears by the altar it is nothing, but whoever swears by the gift that is on it he is obliged to perform it. Fools and blind, for which is greater, the gift or the altar that sanctifies the gift? Therefore, he who swears by the altar swears by it and all and by all things on it. He who swears by the temple swears by it and by him who dwells in it. He who swears by heaven swears by the throne of God and by him who sits on it. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. These you ought to have done and not leaving the other without leaving the others undone. Blind guides who strain out a gnat and swallow a camel. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of extortion and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisees first clean the inside of the cup and the dish and that the outside of them may be clean also. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you build the tombs of the prophets and adorn the mo uh, monuments of the righteous and say, if we had lived in the days of our fathers, we would not have per been partakers of them uh, with them in the blood of the prophets. Therefore, you are witnesses against yourself that you are the sons of those who murdered the prophets. Fill up then the measure of the, your father's guilt. Serpents, brood of vipers, how can you escape the condemnation of hell? Therefore, indeed, I send to you prophets, wise men and scribes. Some of them you will kill and crucify, and some of them you will scourge in your synagogues and, and persecute from city to city. That on you may come all the righteous blood shed on the earth, from the blood of the righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, son of Berechan whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. Assuredly, I say to you, all these things will come upon this generation. Of course, a lot of commentary could be made on these, uh, on these verses. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it's so much like uh, the world today uh, that have the, uh, the keys to the kingdom in the word of God. But they don't go in and they won't let anybody else, they won't teach anybody else the truth that they may enter either. They had the keys. Those scribes and Pharisees were the religious leaders of the Jews. The lawyers who read and interpreted the law. The scribes who wrote the law. The, uh, the Pharisees and Sadducees who taught the people, led the people. They taught them in error and led them in error. And so they were, their end, he said, would be the end of those who killed 
and had the blood of the prophets uh, on their hands. That would be their end. And that'll be the end of all those who do not love the truth and hate every false way. Hold to the truth. That is uh, the uh, admonition to, to us. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down imaginations and every, casting down arguments and every high thing, uh, the, new, the King James says imaginations, arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. It was said of David that uh, he would do all my will. And that's what made him a man of, after God's own heart. Jesus said, I come to do thy will, O God. And in Hebrews 5 and 8, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. Jesus obeyed God by going to the cross. That was his mission. And that was his call of God. And by doing that, he was obedient to God. In Ephesians, uh, Philippians 2 and 8, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He was a man after God's own heart too. Just as David, he did all the will of God. And so how about us? That's the conclusion. Are we uh, people after God's own heart as David and Christ were? Men and women. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father in heaven. The man after God's own heart will do his will and will do all of his will. And that's what we should be. It would be wonderful to be called a man after God's own heart. We thank you for listening to our podcast put on by the Church of Christ at 2215 Plans Road in Bakersfield. If you would like any additional information or you would like to receive a free Bible correspondence course by mail, please email us at info at churchofchristbakersfield.com. Our service times are Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. Please make plans to join us. We would love for you to be our honored guest.